The Anton Savage Show Sunday. Brought to you by PwC. Combining talent and technology, we're hardwired to find solutions. On News Talk. So next weekend sees the biggest tennis event in Ireland for over a decade. It's going to be taking place in Limerick, that being the hometown of the uh, man responsible for the Irish team, that being Davis Cup captain Conor Nyland. Morning, Conor. How are Morning, you? Morning, Anton. How are you? I'm very good. Listen, explain, uh, in as much as it is it is feasible to explain, I've been trying to wrap my head around the Davis Cup structure with the, what is it, the blind... There's, there's various different categories of, of qualification methods and it's up there with quantum physics. What faces us in Limerick next week? <laughs> and it keeps changing as well because uh, Gerard Piquet, ex-Barcelona centre-back, got involved and bought it with a company called Cronus a few years ago. So they have changed the structure and it's it's been a bit mad for us as a team the last few years because we've had away ties in El Salvador, Peru, Barbados. We had a, we had a tie against China that was away as well, which we actually got a walkover from because it was during COVID. And they couldn't host. Um, and it used to be that we were just playing in Europe and North Africa. So it's really like we could potentially have been playing this tie in New Zealand. They're in our group now. So it's gone a bit mad. Um, and we haven't had a home tie since 2015. Um, so we are finally back in Ireland and uh, going to have it in the UL Arena next Saturday, Sunday. And we've got Austria, uh, who are a really strong team. Um, but yeah, we've got the World Group. Then you've got a World Group playoff. And then there's group one. And See, this is about where my head started yeah. to melt. But we are in the highest group. We were in the same position last year against Peru. But these are the this year and last year against Peru, the highest positions we've been in in sort of 30, 40 years in Davis Cup. So we're doing well. Um, but a big challenge next weekend. Obviously, Dominic Team, their number one, who's won the US Open in 2020, was three in the world. They have a guy called Sebastian Offner, who is 35 in the world. Um, and they've got two double specialists as well. But when we were in El Salvador in September... Uh, we beat uh, the 2022 Roland Garros doubles champion, uh, Dave O'Hare and Conor Gannon. Uh, unbelievable performance and beat him in his hometown uh, in September, which obviously helped us get to the three points we needed to win that tie. So. Now explain to me how this works in cultural terms, because maybe I'm wrong on this, but I have always viewed tennis as being about the, the absolute zenith of solo sports. You are hothoused from about 13 or 4, even younger, younger. in some instances. Yeah. To be a sole practitioner, how do you get people who think that way? By no, not in the pejorative way, this is the way that they've always been. How do you get them to think teamwork? Yeah, I think we all love it. I actually think it's a, it's a great, uh, it's something different for us as tennis players. And I think it was always my favourite week of the year uh, as a player. Uh, you'd get involved together as a group. You'd have some support structures in place. You'd have a coach, a phys- two coaches, a physio for the week, you've teammates cheering you on, whereas when you're on the tour, you're out there on your own um, and you may be able to afford a coach, you might not. Um, and I think for this particular group, they seem to raise their level. Uh, obviously, our, the rankings of the, of the current group maybe aren't as high as they were previously, um, but I think some of our teams, um, maybe 10, 15 years ago, we might have had better ranked players, but sometimes they were coming into Davis Cup a bit bruised and battered from the tour and very focused on their ranking. Whereas a couple of our players like Dave O'Hare is actually coaching full time. Uh, he's working with one of the very best doubles teams in the world. So he's actually really primed when he comes into the Davis Cup tie uh, in terms of he doesn't have any other focus in in terms of his tennis. And it's the same for a couple of the other guys. So um, to say we we tend to play up um, a level I think in Davis Cup and having that home home tie and home advantage will be an extra boost for us hopefully. Now obviously for some at the very top it can be a very lucrative life. Is it a life that you would recommend to somebody? Because it always seems as you describe it desperately lonely. 
Listen, it's tough. I think every sport uh, has its has its ups and downs, its pros and cons. Um, you'd want to be, you'd want to know what you're doing before you go into it. Um, you need to have a structure and a support in place. And I think from my, my own career, I was probably learning on the hop a little bit in terms of the scheduling, where to go, where to train, um, and you kind of figure it all out when you're nearly finished. Um, so I think some of the bigger countries have maybe the pathways there for players, and they know. Well, listen, at 13, I need to be doing X number of hours a week. I need to be playing X number of tournaments. Um, I think but even maybe if you do Ireland, that, I mean, if you take a professional teams, I mean, if you take rugby, you will be part of a, what, a 30, 50, 60 person operation all the way through school. Your club level, you'll again be in a 50, 60 person operation. You're traveling on the bus together. You're going to hotels together. There's extended then family and friends all around it. Your life was over to the UK, practice, 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 out to Berkeley, practice, practice, practice. That's hard, even if you yeah. do have a bit of a navigation of it. Yeah, no, it is. Uh, it's really challenging. And um, yeah, I guess, again, going back to the to the, some of the bigger countries, they have support structures in place. And, and a country like Ireland, we don't really have that. Um, and we also don't have probably enough home events and home tournaments. Um, obviously, there's an expense, um, but also logistics in terms of if you're playing all your tournaments on the road, that takes a little bit more out of you. Um, whereas, you know, in Italy, like Australian Open final right now, you've got Yannick Sinner from Italy. Over the last 10 years, I think they have about 30 challenger events in Italy every year. So um, if you're in a sport, and they've got a ton of Italian guys now in the top 100 because they could just play that circuit. If they lose and on the Tuesday, they can drive three hours home, train, rest up and go get in the car. Whereas us, we're... Hopping on, a, hopping on a 6 a.m. flight on a Saturday morning, going to wherever, uh, and then you might have to stay on because it's not worth your while to come home. So, you know, having those local tours uh, makes such a big difference. So that would be that would be great to see if we could have at least some, something in the summer. Now, explain the role of captain, because most people, when they hear captain, will assume that means that think it I'm is still a, playing. Exactly. Yeah, hang on I'm not going to pick myself. No. <laughs> yeah, so non-playing captain, it's a very uh, unique tennis term, but... Um, I, I sit on the court during the matches. Obviously, tennis is unique in that there's no coaching uh, allowed. They've brought in uh, some coaching allowed in some events in the couple of, the last couple of years. But I sit on the on the bench, scowling beside the player, trying to smile even when I'm <laughs> terrified, um, and uh, yeah, trying to take the pressure off the players. Obviously, seeing things on court, I've got a couple of coaches, you know, our assistant coach directly behind me, who are able to feed information to me as well that they might see. Um, and, and how then, do you because again it's a bit like being sort of a, a, a Lions coach where the, the team spends a, a lot of their time with somebody else yeah. if you're not their regular coach how do you yeah, contribute without stepping on toes yeah exactly it's, it's a good point like you have to be careful because we only we do, a, we do a couple of training camps a year we obviously have a tie or two a year but they are on the road um, doing their own thing for most of the year so when I do get them for the week if I am giving them information I need to be very careful that it's stuff that they can bed straight away uh, and it's not overloading them and it's a different voice uh, so yeah you try and keep the message really really simple um, and I uh, there's a lot of sort of I suppose there's a lot that goes with Davis Cup there's lots of little you know press conferences and things that the guys aren't used to um, and I have to deflect a lot of that um, because energy wise again that team environment is really a real positive but actually for the players can be quite draining because we meet on the Monday and we don't play till the Saturday Sunday and there's you know you've got breakfast lunch and dinner together there's a practice or two there's various things there's lots of chat going on because the guys haven't seen each other it's about managing energy uh, and trying to get the guys primed because by Sunday 
you're probably starting to feel the fatigue and you're only really in the middle of it all. So yeah, finding that balance. I remember years ago watching um, Jackie Stewart back in the early stages of Stewart Grand Prix when he had set up his own team. And as far as I could make out, at any given opportunity, he leapt in the car and tried to set times as good as his drivers. Have you an element of the same thing? Do you find yourself sitting there thinking, oh, oh, I'd love to just shove you out of the way and get in? No, because I, I, jumped, I jumped in and on just before Christmas for a training camp and I said, oh, I've definitely lost a step. So... <laughs> No, the guys are, they're the five best players in the country and that's why they're out there. And uh, they've actually all posted really good weeks. Connor Gannon, who's at college in Memphis, was his conference player of the week last week. Michael Ag, we made final for Futures in Germany last week as, and Simon Carr won the doubles. Uh, Oscar Hushin had a, had a great win against a, a good American guy a couple of weeks ago. So they're all, as I said earlier, kind of primed and coming into it really uh, in, a, in really good shape. So... Uh, no, I will be, I'll be staying firmly on the sidelines. Give us then our prospects and give us who you think are likely favourite. I assume USA, like USA tends to walk away with it, doesn't it? Yeah, listen, I'm, I'm so focused on our own match and our own group. Um, oh, don't I, give me obviously that. Obviously, Italy, Italy won at the end of last year. One of the unique things about Davis Cup is they finish in December, that's the final. And then a few weeks later, here we are in early February and that's a new Davis Cup again. Uh, but Italy are very, very strong. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very much focused on Ireland against Austria next weekend. But hopefully, we can we can get a result. Your uh, uh, if people want to attend, is it still? I assume it's still feasible to get tickets, or is it ticketed? Or it how does is it all sold out. Um, is it? Yeah, uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of pent up demand. Obviously, with it being we hadn't played since 2015, and a t- player like Dominic Team, so we were we were amazed, I suppose, or pleasantly surprised, maybe, at how quickly they sold out. And I suppose the message for me is everyone that has bought a ticket, please make sure you get in the car and come um, because I've seen sold out events before that you know, it's not everybody in every seat. So um, listen, you never know in terms of if you want to take a chance to get down there. But if you have bought a ticket, please come. When they get into the seat, does crowd reaction make a difference in tennis? Is it one of those sports where it, you can you feed off the crowd or no? Yeah, I think it's even more intense because it's only two players on a court, you know, and it's it's two thousand three hundred and fifty. I think is the is the capacity for Saturday and Sunday. So there's going to be the cuts of five thousand people over the weekend, which is brilliant for Irish tennis. It's great for the guys. A lot of them have never played a home tie, and they they will be posing off the crowd. And I assume it's indoor, isn't it? Yeah, they're laying a court. There's a basketball arena in UL. So we're laying the court tomorrow. It takes about 10 hours. So same format that have for, you know, if they have it in the venue like the O2 in, in London for the World Tour Finals, they're a Swedish company that do it. And they are going to be working all day Monday. I'm going to try and stay uh, stay clear in case somebody hands me a bucket, bucket of paint or something. <laughs> but um, we start practice Tuesday. And it can be done up to that standard that quickly. You can turn yeah. around a court build that fast. Yeah, you can. And it's um, it's not cheap, um, but it's something that um, we've looked at all the all the different options. And, and yeah, we're going to lay the court. And um, I'm almost 100% positive it's on Premier Sports on Saturday and Sunday on the ITV package. So uh, really great. And hopefully we'll contribute. I mean, as with all of these things, the kind of attention that it gets then feeds into the sport at more junior level. I know Tennis Ireland working to try and get 800 public courts up and running in the coming years. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not involved in the in the day to day in tennis Ireland, but um, that would be that would be amazing. Um, and, and public courts and good quality co- courts because a court can can start to get unplayable quite quickly. You know, oh yeah, some uh, of the so public courts back them. in the day there was potholes and bits yeah, of tarmac even like everywhere. There's, yeah, there's moss and bits of power, so they need to be built. They need to be upgraded. They need to be maintained. It's the most important thing. 
Well, we will keep our, our fingers, toes, everything else um, crossed. Uh, that is Colin Island, who is captaining the Irish Davis Cup team, who are going to be playing next weekend in UL. And as he says, if you are one of the people who has one of the sold out tickets, do show on the day, because obviously the, the level of support will make a significant difference. Connor, thank you very much for coming in. Thanks, Anton. The Anton Savage Show. Brought to you by PwC. Sunday mornings from 10. On News Talk.